This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 320th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Hey, we're in Indianapolis at the uh, NFL Scouting Combine back after a year on hiatus due to the coronavirus pandemic. And we got interviews today with Falcons General Manager Terry Fontenot and Coach Arthur Smith on several issues surrounding the NFL Combine. It was just good to be back, seeing some of the same folks we've been uh, uh, seeing for, you know, for a while here at the Combine. Uh, You know, it started here in Indianapolis in 1987 as a kind of secretive operation. Uh, And in the 90s, we started coming over uh, and, and meeting people in the parking lot and uh, trying to catch interviews in between the Crown Plaza and the old um, RCA Dome, you know, with my buddy John Clayton and Mike Sandel standing outside in the cold. Uh, but, you know, that they wouldn't even put any uh, lobby furniture in the hotel so the reporters wouldn't have anywhere to sit. And then, you know, they got NFL Network in, in 2004. It was like, hey, let's uh, open it up a little bit. Uh, became a less clandestine operation. They welcomed the media. We started covering it, and now we have this track meet that'll get underway. <laughs> That's what I call it—a track meet. You're gonna do some uh, some some running and some jumping and throwing uh, to you know uh, and and see if you are a good NFL prospect from Thursday to Sunday, with 320 prospects from around the nation. All gathered here for uh, for that workout. That's that's the one thing that's good for TV. Good thing for the teams, the medicals. Uh, they get all the doctors in here and get all the medicals on the top 324 players uh, in the league, and they also get to interview them. And as we're going to hear hear from uh, Coach Smith and uh, GM Fontenot, they've started those meetings, and they're pretty interesting. Uh, where they started at with the meetings. So you got the interview process. That's important for the team's formal and informal interviews. Uh, the height, weights, and measurements, which is important for the teams that, you know, players have to fit, you know, some of their uh, parameters and algorithms. You know, they're going to watch the film, of course, and then the medical information, and then, you know, the speed-strength combination of you know, how many bench presses, uh, how much, uh, how fast you go in the 40. And, of course, the three-cone drill is really big for wide receivers. I know we was up here a couple years ago, and they were talking about uh, D.K. Metcalf and how, you know, he's this nine-route guy. He can't really turn. Um, you know, he had a bad three-cone number. But uh, Seattle loved him. They found out how to use him, and uh, he's been uh, quite the uh, quite the player there up in Seattle. So, you know, it's stories like that throughout the years, and, and, you know, we'll be hearing more about them over the week here. So let's uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, we've heard um, and uh, asked questions of 
GM Fontenot and head coach Arthur Smith today. And we're going to give you some of that here, here in the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Let's look at what's the number one thing that the Falcons and Terry Fontenot are looking at when they're evaluating players at the Combine. Yeah, well, the most important thing is the makeup. We're, we're here working to build a championship roster one player at a time. And to build a championship roster, you have to have championship makeup and you have to have the right kind of culture. And so assessing the makeup and assessing the character, making sure the players fit our ethos, smart, tough, highly competitive players, that's always going to be number one in, in what we do. Everything else matters. The tape obviously matters and, and, and what kind of football players they are and their, their talent level. And, yes, the measurables and the statistics and all those things matter. It's all a part of the equation. But number one is always going to be the makeup. The, the makeup, that's their, you know, each um, administration has their own way of saying things. And, and so we're going to get on board with uh, Coach Terry here with the makeup of the players. They're looking at. You know, not only their football ability, but what kind of person he is. Do they fit the ethos and the culture of the team? You know, they they ran them pretty hard last year. That was, you know, uh, it was a pretty tough operation uh, that the Falcons ran. And Coach Smith's first year kind of set the tone and built the uh, foundation for what they hope will be a championship football team. Not everybody's going to be able to, to go at it the way – uh, they did. So that's what they're trying to find out as much as they can about the players up here. Now, uh, moving forward, we know, you know, they went 7-10, and 10, but it was a kind of, you know, shaky 7-10 and 10 where they were outscored by 146 points. So it was a 7-win team, but nobody's going to blame you if you look at it as a 3- or 4-win team that needs a lot of help, and they know they need a lot of help. And here is uh, Terry uh, Fontenot, General Manager Terry Fontenot, discussing the depth in this draft. Well, I, I would say if you go through each position in the draft, there's there are some positions where they can be a little more top-heavy and it's not as strong midway through the draft, and there's some positions that there might not be a player at eight that we love, but yet we know there's depth in the draft. So we're still going through that process, and I wouldn't say where we see the strengths and weaknesses, but, um, but, but I would say they're good players at every position. All right, no question about it. Everybody's going to say that. It's good players every position. Uh, you know, the, the word on the street is um, deep wide receivers. Uh, we've talked to uh, Daniel Jeremiah, and we ran into some of our scout friends today, including uh, Dan Marino with the Dolphins. He's with my guy Marvin Allen. Uh, ran into them before we got started today. And uh, I said, hey, y'all have been kind of busy down in Miami, huh? <laughs> they were like, yeah, we're good, we're good. So, uh, yeah, you, you got to talk to all the folks. Quarterback, not so good. Depth at running back. Get running backs fourth, fifth, and sixth round. Uh, edge rushers, no. Von Miller's in here, but a lot of good guys. Uh, somebody's going to probably overdraft the uh, Aiden Hutchinson kid. Uh, he's not a Bosa, uh, according to Daniel Jeremiah. But uh, there's depth in the draft. Kyle Hamilton. Uh, from uh, Maris is going to be the top safety. How high do you take a safety? Eric Berry was the last safety to go in the top five. Uh, 2010 to the Chiefs, Creekside High, Tennessee Volunteer. Uh, the next, the highest safety uh, ever in the modern era, at least back to 1991. I got to go see if a safety went one uh, pre-91. But 1991, Eric, uh, the dog Turner, he's one of the guys that uh, – 
fit in the dog pound up there in Cleveland for a little while. He came out uh, with second uh, overall pick in 91. So um, it's depth in this draft. There's going to be some good players. Falcons, you know, they can go best player available. Anybody they draft, you can find some home. You can find some snaps for them. Uh, you know, the only uh, locks on the roster are D-tackle and, um, you know, the quarterback and left tackle. And, you know, if they can be upgraded, they'll try to upgrade those spots too. So, you know, they're, they're building a football team. They don't want to say they're rebuilding. They want to try to rebuild and win at the same time. He referenced uh, having our cake and eating it too. But um, one of the big things that uh, we learned today and we knew was coming based on our interview with Arthur Blank a couple weeks ago, the succession plan at quarterback, uh, they got to have one. Is this the draft to start it? Um, I don't think so. Um, but they're going to do their due diligence just like they did last year, you know, and scouting Trey Lance and scouting the Wilson kid. Uh, you know, they knew about Trevor. They didn't have to go too far for that one. Justin Fields and Mac Jones. At the end of the day, the three were gone. They passed on Justin Fields and Mac Jones who and uh you know took Kyle Pitts at the number 4 spot you know so so uh that could be a similar situation this year but uh let's hear from uh general manager Terry Fontenot on the status of the QB succession plan well we look for succession plans at at every position uh we have to add to the roster at every single position and i think where you can get in trouble is if you if you reach and you feel desperate in certain areas, and um, but we're not going to do that, and, and yet we're going to evaluate. We got to, we actually had formal interviews with several quarterbacks yesterday, and, and there's a good group in this draft. There's different flavors, and so we're going to evaluate those players, and at the appropriate time, we will add uh, to that position. Um, but I think you can get yourself in trouble if you if you reach and you don't feel good about what you're doing. All right, Terry Fontenot on the quarterbacks. Here's uh, where we're at. With the five, and then I got the list of all the quarterbacks. Well, I got every player here, but we'll we'll go over some of these quarterbacks right now. Uh, Matt Corral from uh, Miss, oh, Mississippi. He's not going to throw. He's coming off a high ankle sprain. He's going to wait to his pro day. He's not going to throw at the combine. Kenny Pickett's arguably the number one, depending on who you talk to, it's Matt or, or Kenny. And then uh, Malik Willis is dazzling some folks. You know, he's going to probably run a 4-4. His ball looks great. It threw it through the uh, rain at the Senior Bowl. Now, um, the issue is accuracy. Can he hit some receivers uh, where he's supposed to? Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, all he did was win there. Accuracy is another thing for him. Uh, good combo run pass guy. And then Sam Howell, he entered uh, last season as the number one guy, him and Rattler from Oklahoma. Those were our number ones coming in. And um, he didn't have as talented of a, a team around him this year. But, you know, he showed his abilities for the Tar Heels. So some of the other quarterbacks uh, that are here, We've got uh, De'Ara King. You know, he was a kid at Miami that ended up, or in, he was at Houston, ended up at Miami. Uh, a good athlete quarterback. Uh, Dustin Crum from Kent State. You know, you people that watched the Mac saw him. Western Michigan's Caleb Ellerby. Notre Dame's Jack Cone. Cole Kelly from Southeastern, 
Southeastern Louisiana is here. Uh, Brock Purdy, Iowa State. They were uh, they were much hyped this year and didn't do too much. Then Liberty's uh, Malik Willis, we know about him. Uh, Western Kentucky, there's the kid I was at the scene, bro. Bailey Zappi. Uh, Brown is quarterbacks here. E.J. Perry. Uh, Skyler Thompson from Kansas State. Uh, that wraps up our quarterback group. They'll be throwing. They'll be interviewing on Wednesday. Y'all don't care about that. That's big for us. And then they'll be throwing on Thursday in prime time on the NFL Network. So with that, we're going to take a break here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right. Now, hey, um, just because it means more, I think that's the whole SEC thing. It's like 82 SEC players here in school with the most players are the national champion University of Georgia Bulldogs. I got 14 players here uh, that'll be working out and trying to make their way into the National Football League. Now, y'all know the Falcons haven't traditionally drafted a lot of Georgia Bulldogs. This goes back administrations and years uh there's the big jermaine german and um hans ward issue that was dan reeves and them thing uh it goes all the way back there and uh, i think the last I, you know i threw it out there i think the last bulldog was uh uh thomas brown you know dj sockley was in there martrez milner but those were old thomas dimitrov steer clear of athens pretty much uh for the last 12 years and this is um and so did Terry Fontenot in his first draft. So uh, with 14 Bulldogs here, he's going to have some explaining to do if there's not at least one or two of the national champs getting ready to wear some red and black. Well, let's hear what he's got to say about the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, that's exciting. And, and I've said it before, obviously Kirby and, and that whole staff, that whole building, they did a great job building what they built there. And, and it is kind of overwhelming when you look at all the players on that roster, um, particularly on defense, but also on offense. They have some really good players. And there's so many local players from Georgia that are really good. I, I'm, I'm hoping we actually can have the local day. We, we weren't allowed to have it last year with COVID. But if we can have that, that's exciting because there's a lot of kids that, that grew up in the Georgia area that ended up in some different areas that are really good football players. So, but we're excited about uh, spending a lot of time with those Georgia players. Yeah, I thought the one point uh, that he made, he, he went out of his way to make a point that they have a lot of good defensive players. We knew that, but he said offense too. And so I'm 
That sent me to the list of the offensive guys. But as far as the defensive guys goes, I'm big on Trevon Walker. Uh, I'm doing more work on him as we get closer. The Upson Lee kid. And, um, you know, I thought Wyatt was. I was big on him coming in. I wanted to know more about him. But, I mean, you know, of course everybody's heard about Jordan Davis all year long and uh, be how fast he runs, can he play on third downs and so forth. N'Kobe Dean, we did a story. We did the story on the, these four, so it's online. You know, the issue with N'Kobe, is he six foot? Is he too small? Is he um, Jonathan Vilma? Vilma was uh, 6'1", 230 coming out in uh, 2004, went 12th overall to the Jets. N'Kobe Dean reminds Daniel Jeremiah of Vilma. Vilma went on to play 10 years, two Pro Bowls. So we'll see. Some teams like N'Kobe, some teams don't. So it's hard to tell where he's going to go. But offense, you know, since uh, uh, Terry pointed that out, Pickens, Samir White, James Cook, Justin Schaefer, Schaefer sorry, and Jam- Jamari Sawyer. Uh, Sawyer is going to be uh, go a little bit higher than Schaefer. White and Cook are going to be in that fourth, fifth round. I want to see what White runs. And Cook's just a little bitty back. But he kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, Devontae Freeman coming out as a fourth rounder and a guy that could play in the outside zone system. I don't know if he's as tough as Devontae was. Devontae held up really good until he got the money uh, and ran really hard, had two super-duper years. So, uh, I think, you know, some teams would take that. And then Pickens, everybody agrees he's a baller. Uh, showed it coming back from the, the knee, uh, right knee injury last March. Could have probably helped himself by going back to school. Uh, probably cost him some money. Second round's about as high as he might go. Needs to have a good showing here. But those are the offensive Bulldogs that uh, Terry spoke of or, or kind of indirectly spoke of. Uh, that are here at the combine and ready to put in some work. Uh, we got we got uh, Gabe Burns coming in to help us out. Mike Griffith from Dog Nation is getting in today too to help with these 14 Bulldogs. So we'll have uh, you know go to AJC.com and Dog Nation. You get plenty of your combine action and your Bulldog uh, action from the combine live, and we'll bring some of these stories back home to do later leading up to the NFL draft. Now, uh, Coach Arthur Smith was also here, and uh, I wanted to, you know, we, we've been beefing about the offensive line since the end of the year, uh, so I wanted to know where he was at in evaluating the offensive line class. Have you done on the offensive linemen that are going to be here? To you got a general feel of the group of what's going to be here at the combine? We do. Um, absolutely. This is like, for me, you know, this is – the first time. I mean, some of these guys we saw at the Senior Bowl, but as, as coaches, it's a good opportunity. You know, we'll have our formal interviews and we'll certainly have guys that we, we'll meet with at night, um, some of them in the morning. But so it's just beginning stages to get to know who these, who these players are as people, how they learn. And so just part of the process. Now, I think, you know, there's going to be a lineman there at eight. I think Charles Cross is going to be there at eight. Uh, you get him. I think you get him. He played at Mississippi State, left tackle. Hey, bring him in. If he can beat out Jake Matthews, fine. Then move Jake to right. If he can't beat him out, fine. Move him to right. Because you got to get gotta get uh, Caleb McGarry off the field. Just that simple. You know, you got to get him off the field and then try to solidify 
the center and left guard figuring that, hey, maybe those two kids will get better. You know, Jalen Mayfield and Matt Hennessy. So that is um, uh, where we're at here with the offensive line. Now, of course, y'all know the biggest um, offseason issue right now is uh, still uh, Calvin Ridley. You know, they didn't have any updates here. The best update was from Arthur Blank. He gave it to us at the Super Bowl discussing his traumas and then maybe him needing to restart his career elsewhere. But here is what um, Terry said that uh, we know about Calvin Ridley's status. That's a question for Calvin. Um, I can't address that, how he's particularly doing. But I will say, yes, the receiver position is important, and but it's a complimentary game. So our goal is to improve our team overall because when you when you have a when you protect when you have a good run game then receivers are going to be more open when you're when you're playing good defense and you're playing with leads it changes things so I would say it's a complimentary game so our goal this offseason is to improve the entire roster and um, obviously the receiver position that's an area we have to improve as well yeah and that was a response to um, hey well can you at least tell us how he's doing we we know we can't you can't do that uh, and they wouldn't even go there. So they said that's a question for Calvin. You know, Calvin hasn't been available. We don't, we can't really uh, – we've called Calvin's people, Pat Dye, the agent. We've seen him in person at the Senior Bowl, uh, and they're not ready to um, do media at this time. So that's where we're at with Calvin Ridley. Whether he's here or gone, you need wide receivers. So they were scouting him at the Senior Bowl. They're going to scout him here. They already started former interviews. Drake London's the – well, you got him, Garrett Wilson. Uh, I like Alave, but I don't think you take him at eight. Uh, and then you got Pickens. You can go get him in the second round and, and, and so forth. So, you know, there are going to be some receivers available. It's when do you pull the trigger on the receiver button. So we're um you know we're here at the combine. We'll be up early and uh, late, early doing interviews, uh, writing in the meadow, uh, networking late uh, to you know get um you know as much information as we can from for you up here at the combine. I'll touch on free agency and get into the schedule, even though we'll be hearing more about it lately. Nothing to report because they they're meeting with the agents this week up here. That's where they're going to decide, you know, kind of, hey, the parameters of, you know, what's going on with Patterson and Foyer and Gage and all that. So we'll have more on the free agency situation uh, in the um, next episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. So before we uh, get out of here, let's discuss the combine schedule to get you ready because you all watch it. That's why they're having it now. That's why they move the workouts to the nighttime. Uh, you know, the players, little changes this year. You know, there was – uh, issues about the bubble and the agents didn't want to uh, send their players here because, you know, it had up the players in the bubble, but, you know, they didn't have a bubble for the playoffs. And so you know, they thought the league was hypocritical. So it's kind of weird. Everybody's walking around like nothing happened. Nobody wants to wear their mask. It's kind of uh, a little weird up here. But uh, the, the, the combine is going forward. Uh, you know, there wasn't a boycott and the players can – uh, do what they need to do. But here is the workout schedule for TV, NFL Network. Coverage will uh, extend into prime time. Starts on Thursday. 
Uh, with seven hours of live coverage of the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. Starting at 4 o'clock, they'll go until 11. So they'll be uh, the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. They'll, that'll be four sessions starting at 4 p.m. and going to 11 p.m. All right. Then the uh, next day on Friday, the coverage will continue with six hours of live coverage of the running backs, the offensive linemen, and special teams uh, on Friday, March the 4th at 4 p.m. So, um... The running back drills are okay because you can see if the guys can catch. The best ones are the, the quarterbacks, so that's uh, that's Thursday. Then the running backs on uh, running backs, offensive linemen, and special teams. And that's kind of – I don't know why people got to watch offensive linemen work, but, hey, you know, once they get off the bench press, that's all I want to see. Uh, and then you got five hours of live coverage of the defensive linemen and the linebackers on Saturday – uh, from 4 p.m. And then coverage will wrap up on Sunday with five hours of live coverage of the defensive backs. And, you know, that's usually Athletic Central right there. That's the track meet right there when the D-backs get to rolling on Sunday at 2 p.m. So that uh, that's your coverage. That's the schedule that you got coming up here. Um, another tweak is that the players – uh, with the workouts being pushed to later in the day, the agents are happier because uh, they were complaining about our guys don't get their nutrition and they got to come in here and it's cold and they got to wake up and go work out in the morning. It's so hard for them. And if they have a bad combine, they'll slip from the late first round to the third. So, I mean, you know, yeah, that's fine. But now they move the workout to the afternoon so in the morning, all they got to do is do their bench press and then do their workouts later. Then they can go home. It's not. It's uh, you get a little. Uh, uh, it's a little change that way. So the bench press first, then workouts later, and and so the 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 agents are happy now. They're wearing a boycott, and uh, the players will move on. And then just one last combine note before we get out of here. Like I said, it's been here since 1987. But it's such a hit now because y'all are watching it, uh, you know, watching because everybody wants football year-round now, that um, they're going to take it on the road next year. And everybody keeps asking me, is it going to be in Vegas? And we're here in uh, L.A. or Dallas. So, um, you know, they they might keep the medical stuff here in Indy, then fly the kids to uh, wherever it is, L.A. or Dallas, uh, for the combine workouts. So that's, um, you know, file that in your uh, combine register for uh, future sites. I can see where they're going to be selling tickets to the combine at some point. So they already have some fans in for some sessions, some in for the, the bench press and so forth. So that's where the combine's headed. Hope we got you ready for this week here, the rest of the week. Uh, and we got you some Falcon stuff here today uh, from Indianapolis. So that's what we have for you here in the 320th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Thank you for listening on the various platforms and so forth and subscribing uh, to the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Uh, And with that, we're going to get out of here and get ready for some 40-yard dashes on Thursday, some interviews tomorrow, 
little writing and then a little networking here at the NFL Scouting Combine. With that, take care and have a great rest of your week. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution is taking Georgia political coverage to the next level. Now, Georgia's smartest political team is adding Hall of Fame political broadcaster Bill Nygut. I am beyond thrilled to be joining the remarkable political team at the AJC. And with the year that we have unfolding in politics, it's going to be an exciting ride. Read Bill Nygut's expert insight on AJC.com and listen to the Politically Georgia podcast with me, Greg Bluestein, And me, Patricia Murphy. And me, Tia Mitchell. Hear new episodes every weekday. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. The celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents. Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.